0: Good morning. Welcome to a brand new week on 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you on the way. He swapped the peaky cap and mean streets of Birmingham for a slick trader's office in London for his latest role in a new short film. Actor Paki Lee, a.k.a. Johnny Dogs from Peaky Blinders, no other, joins me for a chat about his new movie. Plus, he's going to give us an insight into what we can expect from season six of the hit TV series. On November 27, 1641, while on March to Relief, the siege of Drogheda, over 600 English soldiers are ambushed along the banks of the Nanny Water at Julianstown. Drogheda historian Brendan Matthews invites us to relive this historic event in a special walk and talk. He joins me for a chat. Plus, do you feel lucky? Do you punk? I have the ultimate DVD box set celebrating the life of Clint Eastwood, including 40 of his iconic films. Stay tuned for details on how you can win. Good morning, Monday morning. Sinead Brazel here with you. Until one, hope you're feeling good today. Lots of you. The regular is getting in touch already on 086 1800 658. Thank you so much. You know, I do love to hear from you. So anything on your mind at all, don't hesitate to reach out to me. And if you have a birthday shout out or a request, I love getting those as well. 086 1800 658. It's a nice crisp winter's morning out there, so hope you're Soaking it up because I love that. I love the bit of sun there and the nice cold, crisp day. I think it's, uh, it's nice once the kind of, I know it has dropped, the temperatures have dropped, but I'm welcoming it because it means winter woolies and all that sort of stuff. I think the entire nation was stopped in our tracks on Friday night watching living legend Vicky Phelan on The Late Late Show. And I don't think it's enough to call her inspiring. I feel like I need like a bigger, better word to describe her, but that's that's all that's coming into my head but um, you know to be faced with one's own demise and to speak about it so openly, so bravely, I think what she said in that entire interview will just resonate with me for for a long time you know we're we're all wrapped up in our own worlds we're we're counting down to Christmas, and you know we're we're caught up in that, and what she kept saying is... If she gets till Christmas, she'll be happy. So it makes what I'm doing and what you're doing, rushing around, worrying about this present or that present, all kind of quite pointless, really. And what I learned from her interview, and I know this is a massive cliche, but I've learned it nonetheless, We need to look around at the little joys in our life every single day because that's what she's doing. You know, she's living her life. She is living every day with her children, her family, the people she loves. That's what she wants. She's not wasting any more precious moments with things that kind of preoccupy our minds all of the time. And I know it's not easy to silence all that noise that goes on in our heads all the time. But I'm learning to appreciate the little things like this morning. I w- walked to school with my son on a cold winter's morning and instead of rushing down the road and come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, I let him stop to pick up a leaf that had um been frozen, you know, in, in the grass and it had, you know, the way it looks, it's kind of all the patterns and the veins of the leaf look a bit more exaggerated. This is fascinating to him. He's five. Or, you know, a bird that caught his attention, letting him stop and stay quiet and and look at it. All this kind of stuff happened this morning. And children look at the world with wonder. That's what they do. And it's something that we've lost because we're too wrapped up in the hustle and bustle. And I need to go and I need to do and I need to have this. And that stuff is not important, is it? You know, and it was a lovely start to my day. Walking along, crisp winter's morning, marvelling at a leaf that just looks a bit strange in, in the frozen frost. So Vicky Phelan has taught me to slow down and soak up these moments and definitely do not take them for granted. That is for sure. And I think Ryan Tuberty did a phenomenal job. Like as somebody that's in this business, you know, to to sit down with somebody as amazing as Vicky Phelan and as open as she is. But that must have been an incredibly hard interview for him as well. What do I ask? How far do I go into this? How do I be sensitive? All of these things rush around. So I do have to tip my hat to him as well. It was a tremendous interview. If you missed it, I really do recommend you go to the RTE player and listen to it back, look at it back, because there's an awful lot that we can learn. There really is. You are listening to 11 to 1, Sinead Brazzle here with you. We have lots to get through on the programme today. We really do, including I have a really nice treat for Clint Eastwood fans out there. And because it's a Monday, I just had to give this away today. I'm going to tell you all about the competition after a bit more music. Here's Little Mix. With Break Up Song, I want to say a very happy birthday to Harry Phelan today. He's in Pierce Park in Drogheda. He's 60. Harry, hope you're having a great day. That's coming in from Antoinette. Hope you're having a fab day and it's a lovely day for a birthday. Uh, Thanks a million as well, Antoinette, for sending that in. Some nice news this morning. And despite everything in terms of COVID and all the rest of it, this fantastic event has managed to raise a huge amount of money. The Moila JFK 50 mile challenge normally happens around August. And um, this year it was kind of like people were doing it in their own areas. It was a sort of a virtual event. It has raised over 180,000 euro for cancer services in Ireland, which is a massive achievement after it being physically cancelled. So it went ahead in the virtual capacity with people taking part from all over the country in their own areas and across the world, including a really big event in Boston, which raised over $50,000 over there. Um, John Farrell, he uh was on the Boston Moila 5K Family Walk Committee and he arrived back to the Royal County and uh, presented members of the committee with this money. So this is fantastic. The money is going to be split between Irish Cancer Society also to LARCC and uh, to palliative care as well. So well done to anybody that took part in this challenge and what a phenomenal amount to raise considering it was virtual and everything else. Absolutely brilliant. Had to give you that little bit of good news this morning. Now, more good news because I have a fantastic prize to give away for Clint Eastwood fans. I'm going to tell you how you can get your hands on this magnificent DVD box set collection. Fans of Clint Eastwood, I have a great competition today. This is to celebrate the cinematic release of Cry Macho. It's in cinemas nationwide now. And there's a new documentary series, Clint Eastwood, A Cinematic Legacy, which is available to stream on Prime. Okay, I have the ultimate box set of Clint Eastwood movies like I kind of wanted to keep this for myself. You know what I mean? I, I'm a big Clean Eastwood fan, but I decided to be generous. So there's 40 films in here, right? Where Eagles Dare, Kelly's Heroes, Dirty Harry's, Magnum Force, The Enforcer, uh, Every Which Way But Loose, Bronco Billy. So, so many. OK, uh, also Unforgiven, um, Bridges of Madison County. There is Space Cowboys isn't in there, Mystic River, Flags of Our Father. There's so many amazing, amazing movies okay, in this from the multi-award winning five times Academy Award winning actor, director, icon Clint Eastwood Would you like to get your hands on this DVD? Of Of course you would Well, do you remember this iconic scene from Dirty Harry? I'm going to give you a little play of it here now Hang on a second
1: I know what you're thinking Did he fire six shots or only five? Tell you the truth in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. But Ian, this is a forty four magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off. You've got to ask yourself one question Do I feel lucky?
0: Well, do you, punk? Hey, uh-huh. I want you to repeat the iconic line for me, okay? People whatsapp and text ok well whatsapp is really going to be what I want right 086 1800 658 I want you to hold down the record button right on your whatsapp and I want you to say you got to ask yourself do you feel lucky well do you punk that's all you have to do you got to ask yourself the question do you feel lucky well do you punk ok this is the thing I wanted to say into the, into the the into the whatsapp It is a phenomenal prize Great Christmas present for a Clint Eastwood fan in your life Or just keep it for yourself like I want to do, you know 40 movies, one box set Celebrating this incredible man That's all I want you to do Literally hold down the WhatsApp button and just say Ask yourself the question Do you feel lucky, punk? Well, do you? That's all you have to do. 086-1800-658. Glit your Clint Eastwood impressions into me. Oh my goodness me. <laughs> I'm flooded with Clint Eastwood impressions on 086-1800-658. This is coming in from Pat in Deleek. All we're asking you to do is to say the iconic line that Clint Eastwood says in Dirty Harry and you could get your hands on uh, 40, 40 of Clint Eastwood's iconic movies in a box set here's Pat from Dalek
1: well you gotta ask yourself do you feel lucky well do you
0: punk I, I just I think for, he, he's just he's embodying the whole thing there I'm getting chills with this I really am this is what we're looking for on 86 this is coming in from John Fisher I think as well on 86
2: hey do you feel lucky well do you punk brilliant Let's go ahead make my day <laughs>
0: that's another one as well he's put two iconic lines in there love it John this is what I'm talking about there's loads flooding in I promise I will get to them before the end of the show keep them coming in to me on 086 1800 658 now I don't know how Dirty Harry would have fared out in the Battle of Julianstown in 1641 but we're going to be talking all about this with community historian Brendan Matthews just after these
1: 11 to 1 on LMFM
0: on November 27th 1641 while on the march to relief of the siege of Drogheda just over 600 English soldiers were ambushed along the banks of the Nanny Water at Julianstown by Phelim O'Neill and the Irish insurgents Community historian Brendan Matthews is inviting you to join him for a walk and talk next Sunday November 28th at Sinarcha to learn more about this historic battle which took place in Ireland's bloodiest century Brendan is on the line to tell us more How are you doing Brendan? Good morning, Sinead. Great to have you back on the programme. Now, the 17th century in Ireland is known as the most bloodiest in our se- in our history. Why is there so much bloodshed, Brendan?
2: Um, yeah, it is known as probably the most bloodiest century in our story past, uh, Sinead. It was, uh, the 17th century was the war of the three kingdoms, a series of conflicts, uh, civil war and events that took place between England, Scotland, and Ireland, who were under the control of one king, which was King Charles I. And a series of conflicts had broken out in, across England, Scotland, and Ireland from the 1630s, which lasted until the arrival of Oliver Cromwell in 1649 and continued on into the 1650s. So throughout that period of around about 30 25, 30 years, there was a lot of bloodshed uh, spilled across England Scotland and uh, Ireland and in Ireland particularly during this period after King Charles the First had come to power in 1625 um, there was a series of conflicts between Charles the First and the new Puritan uh, government that was in control in London which was the new model army under Oliver Cromwell and during this period then of King Charles sitting on the throne in around the late 1630s um, rebellion was rife in Ireland. The native clans, particularly in the north of the country, who had uh, their lands were confiscated and the plantation of Ulster had began back in 1610 and most of those families had either left the country or been left landless. And they seen these kind of events that was happening in England, especially between King Charles I, the Presbyterian Parliament in Scotland, and the new Puritan parliament in England and, of course, in Ireland, the native clan seen this as an opportunity that they could maybe gain back some of their lands in Ireland that they had lost. And so began a series of these outbreaks of, of war, one of which took place in the vicinity of Stradar.
0: Yes, because this is the one that you're focusing on. You're focusing on this uh, Battle of Julianstown that happened in 1641. So tell me what led up to this uh, battle? Because, you know, as you, as you mentioned there, there was a siege happening in Drogheda around this time as well.
2: Yeah, what, what happened was there was a planned uh, rebellion to take place in, uh, to take place in both the north and in Dublin in late October of 1641. And during the last week, uh, in October of 1641, a planned attack uh, in Dublin uh, had failed because, of course, the authorities, the least word had got to the authorities and the leaders in Dublin of the rebellion had been arrested. But the rising did take place at the end of October in Ulster under Phelan O'Neill and the Irish insurgent rebels. And they gained a lot of their land back in Ulster at the end of October and they had a lot of control over Ulster. And so, Phelan O'Neill and about 10,000 uh, Irish insurgents began to march through Ulster, down through Monaghan and Cavan, And then they entered the area on the east coast of Ireland, known as the Pale. So, once they entered into County Loud, now you have the Irish insurgents within the Pale, which was really manned by the Anglo-Irish lords, the older Catholic families of the Pale area, such as maybe the Nethervilles, the Plunkets, the Talbots, the Prestons. Those old Irish families were usually in control of the Pale. And here now they witness 10,000 people marching with Faelm O'Neill, coming marching into the Pale and surrounding the second largest city of the Pale after Dublin, which was Drogheda. Mm. And they couldn't penetrate the heavy-walled town of Drogheda. The, The garrison was completely uh, defensive against them. And O'Neill had firepower. He had cannon gun and all, but it wasn't sufficient enough to take down or break down the walls of Drogheda. And so began the siege of Drogheda in the first week of November, 1641. And Phelan O'Neill had set up uh, camps all round Drogheda. He had set his main base was uh, Bewley House, which was formerly the home of the Plunkett family. Again, an yes. older Irish Catholic family. And... So they used Beauty House as his main base, and then he had other camps at uh, Tully Allen, Rat Mullen, uh, Stameen, Mornington, and he had a camp which was just to the east between Sinatra, the area of the Ninch today, and Juliantown. And uh, it was during this particular siege of Drahada, that siege actually went on for three months, so right around no. to March of 1642, but during the period of Late November, while Drogheda was still under siege, O'Neill had sunk ships in the river and laid chains across the river and everything. So no food was getting into Drogheda, no relief was getting into the garrison area of Drogheda. And so soldiers were called for, for the relief of the siege of Drogheda to come marching down from Dublin to the relief of the siege of Drogheda.
0: And this is where Phelan O'Neill and the insurgents were lying in wait, and there was, you know, quite the 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 ambush that happened at that stage. So Phelan O'Neill that's one of the the key figures involved in this in this battle. Who were the other uh, key figures at play here?
2: The other key figures would have been uh, the leading soldier who was Miles O'Reilly, a captain man, and also Rory O'Moore who was also from the north, and. Uh, a lot of the O'Donnells, the O'Hanlons, the McMahons, the O'Carrolls, uh, a lot of these a- uh, native Irish families from the north. And also he was joined by a number of clans and kins from the, from the south and from the southern countries and from the Midlands and so on. And on the English side, uh, the march from Dublin with the relief of Doherty, 650 soldiers, was led by an English soldier called Captain Patrick Wemmett. And they were, they were, as they marched through Julianstown, uh, O'Neill had, he had carefully and very masterly planned uh, a surprise ambush for them. So as they marched down through the valley of Julianstown, crossing the River Nanny, and just as they were on the north bank of the River Nanny, they encountered, um, Wemyss got away from the actual siege in Julianstown, or the ambush. And Wemyss, when he got into Drogheda later on, on the 29th of November, two days later, Patrick Wemyss wrote a letter back to the Earl of Armand about uh, what happened at Julianstown. And he basically said that 600 of the 650 had lost their life, Mm. that he had never met such a fighting army that stood before him as Phelan O'Neill. And because of that, then, it sparked and ignited a flame for insurgency and rebellion across the country. In fact, what happened at Julianstown was it gave the rebels more power and seeing them as a formidable force, really much more than they were because uh, the English soldiers were far outnumbered, uh, 10,000, 3,000 facing the Maculian town and only 650 soldiers. So rebellion had spread in the aftermath of that and on the 5th of December, uh, some uh, four or five days after the, the ambush at Julianstown, there was a huge meeting on the hill of Crofty, which is at Baymoor Cross in Rahada, And at that meeting, there was over a thousand people had marched into the field. Many of them were the Catholic Anglo-Norman families who mm. had already been in the pale. And they questioned Salem O'Neill and Rory O'Meara as to why the rebels had come into the pale and what was their true purpose. And the rebels gave the answer that they had come in, that they wanted the same freedom and liberty as the subjects in the sister kingdom of England, and that they would give their support to King Charles I against the Puritan army and Puritan government of Oliver Cromwell. And Lord Gormans, one of the Catholic Anglo lords, he said that that was their true purpose of coming into the pale. They would form an allegiance, and he shook Rory O'Moore's hand, and out of that meeting at Crufty, uh, later on, was formed the Confederation of Kilkenny, which was a parliament of uh, an allegiance between the Irish Catholic aristocracy uh, of the native families and also the insurgents. And they set up parliament in Kilkenny, the reason being it was way outside the area of the pale itself. And then, so from 1642 to 1649, we actually had uh, an independent Irish government.
0: Wow, I would no idea. And as you say, yeah. you know, removed from the pale, which is, you know, obviously so, so important for, for, for them in terms of equal footing and all of that. It's fascinating, Brendan, and I know you have a lot more to to uh, go into in this walk and talk that's yeah. going to happen on Sunday. Tell me about this. It's happening at Sonarta, where I know that you are doing a lot of research. The last time we spoke, um, you were, uh, there was plans there to explore the Rath site of archaeological significance at Sinarta as well. So there's a lot going on at that location?
2: Yeah, there is, absolutely. We've uh, finished some series of research, geophysic research, so probing beneath the ground um, to see what may lie beneath the ground archaeologically at Sanartha. Uh, there's a series of uh, features that lie beneath the ground uh, associated with early ring forts and rats and so on at Sanartha. So this walk on Sunday uh, will be on the grounds of Sonarta, And just to the west of where the location of Sonarta is, there's a feature in a field which is known as a battery. And a battery is kind of there. It's a series of banks and ditches, which is of a military fortification. And in fact, that military fortification remnants that see in just one side of Sonarta may be the remnants of the battery of the encampment that Salem O'Neill actually
0: wow. had on the
2: River Nanny. So the walk will kind of be in that area on Sunday, Janae, you know, beginning at three o'clock at Sonata.
0: Fantastic. So literally walking in the footsteps of our uh, predecessors in this battle. Fantastic. And I know the, the walks and talks are extremely popular. I've had a lot of people, Brendan, asking me about when you were doing another um, walk and then an email popped in from you over the weekend. So I had to, to invite you on. People can get tickets uh, through Eventbrite, isn't that right? Tickets yeah, need to be this- purchased in advance.
2: Yeah, they can. The tickets need to be purchased in advance due to the COVID restrictions and alternate. So they can log on to hello at ie to the website, um, get information there on how tickets can be purchased. Yeah.
0: Fantastic, Brendan. As always, pleasure having you on the programme. We'll talk to you again soon. thank you very much thanks a million fascinating fascinating insight into this it's going to happen on Sunday uh, November 28th at St at 3pm the talk will be about 40 minutes or so and tickets are only 10 euro like that's ridiculously cheap Uh, you can get all the details at Eventbrite and as Brendan mentioned on St website as well
1: 11 to 1 on LMFM
0: LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Whether you're extending, building, or replacing your windows and doors, talk to your local Senator Windows dealer today on eighteen fifty double seven double four double five. Temperatures out there seven to nine degrees. Sunset is at four nineteen PM, and sunrise tomorrow is eight oh seven AM. On this day in nineteen sixty three, U.S. President John F. Kennedy was assassinated by Lee Harvey Oswald while riding in an open topped motor car in Dallas, Texas. And today is Go For a Ride Day, encouraging you to get out into the world, hop on your bike, in your car, or simply get your walking boots out of storage and go on a trip. Don't worry too much about where you're going, just enjoy the journey. LMFM Northeast Update. From Dirty Harry to Johnny Dogs, we're going to have an exclusive. Uh, with actor Paki Lee he is Johnny Dogs and Peaky Blinders yes I do ask him all about season 6 plus we'll be getting back to your Dirty Harry impressions
1: 11 to 1 on LMFM
0: The Valley in Molera serves delicious on your smart speaker this is LMFM Sinead Brazel here till 1 Ed Sheeran and Beyonce with Perfect kicking off our second hour getting back to this now Fans of Clint Eastwood, we have a great competition. We're celebrating the cinema release of Cry Macho, which is in cinemas now and there's a new documentary series Clint Eastwood a cin- cinematic legacy which is available to stream on Prime I have the ultimate box set of Clint Eastwood movies to give away 40 films are included in this DVD box set from his work as an actor in movies like Where Eagles Dare Dirty Harry Kelly's Heroes The Enforcer Bronco Billy Every, Every Which Way But Loose Unforgiven to his work as a director American Snipers in there Sully Flags of Her Father's Mystic River there's some classic movies in this uh, collection Celebrating the multi-award winning, five times Academy Award winning actor, director and icon Clint Eastwood. Do you want to get your hands on this DVD collection? Of course you have to do. (laughs) Of course you do. All you have to do is ask yourself, do you feel lucky, punk? Well, do you? Your impressions, your Dirty Harry impressions are coming in on 086-1800-658. Not sure who this is from, but it's a great one.
1: Do you feel lucky, punk? Well, do ya?
0: Brilliant. Keep them coming in to me. 86 658 Don't forget to put your own details on it as well. Uh, not sure. Who is this one coming in from? Again, I think it could be... Is it Theresa? I think it could be Theresa. Hang on. Oh eight six one eight hundred six five eight. Well, do you feel lucky? Do you, punk? Love it, Teresa. Another one coming in. This is from Priscilla Monahan on 086 1800 658. You got to ask yourself one question. Do you feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Oh, she's really bringing the Dirty Harry vibes there. All you have to do is literally send me in that line on WhatsApp 86 1800 658 and we'll pick a winner for that amazing box set towards the end of the show. Now time to check in with the world of celebrity. The Buzz on LMFM with the Crown Plaza Dundalk featuring Ireland's tallest work of art, rooftop restaurant, bistro bar and conference rooms. Wedding and banqueting for up to 400 people. The Crown Plaza Dundalk.ie has it all. Hi, I'm Hannah. JLo is apparently completely open to the idea of walking down the aisle again. She was promoting her new movie on The Today Show and was asked whether she could see herself saying, I do. I mean, I, you know me, I'm a, I'm a romantic. I always have been, I've been married a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ever. still believe in Happily Ever After, for sure. Little Mix say it's not hard to come up with content for their music. They joined Will Manning and the girl band said they've plenty of drama for inspiration. There's three of us, so there's always something right. going
2: right. on, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, so always... there's always a
0: drama in one of our lives that we can write yeah. about.
2: exactly. Okay, okay this is exactly. good, this is good. And
1: usually, actually, there is a knock-on effect. We always find that if one of us is like arguing or if one of us is going through something one after the other, we all end up doing it too. There's definitely right. been times in the past where yes. one of them have kind of been like, oh, I've just had an ugly my boyfriend and then I'll go home and start one all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Strictly Come Dancing's Rose Ailing ellis says it's society that makes it difficult being deaf. She joined this morning with her dance partner Giovanni where she opened up about her hearing loss. So... When I see someone like me on Twitter, then they'll be like, oh, OK, she can do what she wants to do. It's, um, it's the society that make it difficult to be deaf, not a person being deaf. There's nothing wrong with being deaf. I have no problem with it. Yeah. It's the society that make it harder for me. That's The Buzz. I'm Hannah. The Buzz on LMFM. With the Crown Plaza Dundalk, featuring Ireland's tallest work of art, rooftop restaurant, bistro bar and conference rooms. Wedding and banqueting for up to 400 people The Crown Plaza Dundalk.ie has it all I love more LMFM Radio Bingo is back With great daily prizes and big, big jackpots And in fact, this week's jackpot is €8,000 That is not bad That'd be nice, wouldn't it now, to win that don't forget, you can buy your book for next week's game online from Aidlet Street, the Northeast, as well. Lmfm.ie. I have a couple of books to give away, so if you'd like to get your hands on a bingo book, all you have to do—it's so simple—is text or WhatsApp me the word "bingo" followed by your details to 086 1800 658. Bingo, followed by your details, 086 1800 658. And I got two books to give away. Okay, so if you'd like to get your hands on that, 8,000 euro. Not to be sniffed at, I tell you. Forget the lotto and all of that. This is where it's at LMFM Radio Bingo 086 1800 658. Just the word bingo and your details. And it could be you getting your hands on the book today. Now, he has swapped The Peaky Cap and Mean Streets of Birmingham for a slick trader's office in London for his latest role in a new short film. It's called Free Fall. It's 20 minutes of pure tension, edge of your seat stuff. Absolutely brilliant. There's a lot of Oscar buzz around this. We're going to be chatting to actor Paki Lee. He also is going to give us an insight into Peaky Blinders season six. I know. So exciting. That is very fast approaching the, the date for that. We're going to chat with Paki Lee just after these.
1: 11 to 1 on LMFM. LM.
0: He's swapped peaky caps and the mean streets for a slick office in London in his latest role as a trader in a London bank in a brilliant short movie that has a lot of Oscar buzz attached to it. Actor Packy Lee joins a great cast in the gripping film Freefall which was probably the most tension I've ever experienced in 20 minutes in my life. The movie centres on a trading office in a London bank on the morning the first plane hits the World Trade Centre in 2001 and I'm delighted to be joined on the now by a man who's best known for playing the right hand man to the ruthless Tommy Shelby in Peaky Blinders providing much needed comic relief in the dark violent series. He's also been working as an actor for over 20 years starring in the Oscar winning short film The Shore, Killing Bono, Irish drama, King of the Travellers, fantasy drama series The Witcher. I could go on here. I'm delighted to have Paddy Lee on the line with me now. How are you doing Paddy.
1: I'm um, really good. Thank you very much. What an introduction. <laughs> oh, listen,
0: it's not every day that you have Johnny Dogs at the other side of the phone, so I have to get yeah. it right. Uh, yeah. asking, but you have ditched the peaky cap for this role in this brilliant short movie thriller, Free Fall, which is based, as I mentioned there, in a story of a young trader working in London when 9-11 happened. And I understand, uh, obviously, the, the, the 9-11 part is on true events, but there is an element of truth to the this idea of this young trader isn't
1: there yeah of course look listen this is a very um uh, iconic moment in life of course when we look at where you were and uh, and at what stage did you hear that this attack was taking place and it's a memory that will stick in many people's uh heads um as far as remembering where they were and when the short movie came in and i heard about it and it was based on a a novel called uh, swimming with sharks mm. um, and i he was drawn to again the drama the tension but m- most importantly the reality of this is that this this is about the twin towers it is about a bank and a group of traders that um made decisions um, in the middle of those moments when uh, between the first plane and the second plane um hit. um and the world realized that uh, America was under attack, and this is a, a terrorist attack, and um the the one or two of the images that will never go to anybody's head is, is when they're watching the news um is there was people actually jumping out of the building yeah uh, and that's that's how we've came up with the name of Freefall. Um, and it's a very tense drama and we're very proud to do this Uh, we're very proud to take part in doing this drama yeah, absolutely. I can I can see
0: why, because, do you know, this is it's a completely different take, though, on the 9-11 story, one that we haven't seen portrayed before, because the action is taking place in this London bank as the tragedy is unfolding and the characters are removed, you know, physically from the, the tragedy unfolding. And all these guys care about is money. And you're just looking on in horror as they're making these decisions. And it has a lot to say in just 20 minutes, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, well, look. This is the it's, it's very important, and that's what drew me to it. Is the fact that the, this is a group of people that are are, are capitalists. They grow and, yeah. and and trade every day, and they they have to make money for these companies. It's their job, and it's something that we won't see and don't see enough of in in fairness, especially when there's times of tragedy. Um, and and this is one of them. And it's a bold story. It, yes, it's not nice. We didn't. You know, it's, it's, it's not an enjoyable moment um, t- to celebrate something that's not worth, you know, that you're also very attached to emotionally um, because it's 9-11. Mm, so it's very true. hard to portray those characters without really ban into the, you know, the short movie yeah. and showing that these guys do exist. And this is exactly the way it operates, you know.
0: Absolutely. Like, as you mentioned, quite a brave movie. And, you know, I think because 9-11, you know, even though it's 20 years, it's obviously still going to be so raw and American uh, conscious. And, yes. to sh- and to show characters who are pretty ruthless, as you say, um, it's just handled really well as, as well, though, I think. Uh, but uh, tell me about your character, Cooper, because he's not nice, is he?
1: <laughs> no, that's what I meant. It's not nice to do it. I meant, listen, it's great to be part of it. Um there's a lot of buzz about it. You know, of course, there's a lot of Oscar buzz about it. I'm yes. delighted with that, especially because 10 years ago, um, I was involved in the short movie, The Shore, uh, that won the Oscar. Yeah. And it's good to have that buzz and energy. But uh, my character's a nasty piece of work. He's he's he's, a, he's an office room bully. Oh, he That's is. exactly what he is. He's not a, a nice person to be around unless you're in his circle of people. Um, but, you know, I tried to give him uh, a moment where he has to step up and make that decision as well. Mm. Um, and I'm sure you know when you've seen the movie that there's a moment where I, I have to snap and change. Yes. Um, and that's that's the Cooper instincts of, if this is right, then this is worth the gamble for us. And, and that's whenever the trading started to yeah. unfold. And that's when uh, the world was stuck Uh, me included, at the time, watching the TV and watching the news unfold. These other guys in that room...
0: Mm. And One. this is what they're yeah. thinking. Yeah. And like, you, you know, not to give, I don't want to give too much away, but you're kind of, you're then given another sucker punch at the at the end um, yeah, yeah. as well, which is just brilliant. Like, as I mentioned, 20 minutes of just being sick to my stomach, literally sitting at the edge of my seat going, yeah. oh my God, what's going on in this? And as you said, uh, you know, this movie is picking up a lot of awards on the festival circuit. There's a lot of Oscar buzz. I believe you might hear word today, will you, about this?
1: I think we will, yes, yeah. Um, uh, We're waiting on word coming through, whether we're going to make the cut. I think, you know, we've got this far. We're very proud of it. Whether we, you know, go all the way and get, uh, you know, nominated would be fantastic. Um, You know, that would be great and it would be an absolute joy. But, um, you know, we've won a lot of festivals with it. We've done um, a, a lot of good work with it and we wanted to show people the truth of that that moment I mean yeah. yes, it's an absolute honour to be part of it well, the director was fantastic uh, we shot the whole thing in Bordeaux which was a beautiful part of the world um, and I wanted to bring um, a, a bit of Irish rawness to the Kaiser, <laughs> so I decided to keep my own accent you did uh, um, and you know some people think it's a bold move I enjoyed it my friend uh, uh, Lola Rada who's a, a, also a great actor um, he encouraged me to go with the, the Belfast accent at the yeah. time and that's what sort of helped me embrace that, which is great. Because when you're doing these things, it's you, you, you read them like it's set, because it's set in London, you're reading it uh, as a London accent but um, I decided to go against that and that's what sort of worked for me and I, uh, I, I enjoyed being part of it, but it was... Um, yeah, It's a hard watch of
0: course. It is yeah. a hard watch and you know speaking speaking about accents you know you for obviously the role of Johnny Dogs, you spent a lot of time with the travelling community trying to nail the accent and kind of being as true to the character as you possibly could. That's something that's really important to you isn't
1: it? It is. It's very important. I don't think that you can learn an accent um, just by uh, watching certain things on TV. You'll certainly get a, a, a tone of their accent but they actually be involved in the rawness of it and they enjoy the lifestyle and culture. When I did King of the Travelers, um, uh, I-, I wanted to get involved and I went and spent a lot of time with John Connors and his family. And, and me and Peter Coonan went and chilled out in, in the campsites and-, and learned as much as we possibly could, which was great because Mark the Dracula wanted us to do it, but it was yeah. freezing. <laughs> um, but, you know, we did it and it was cool. And, and And at that stage then, because of that time that I'd spent, there Peggy Branders auditioned the audition arrived, and it just seemed to be the perfect time to to bring that action to that and, and to create that. But you know again, I had to also the director of Peggys wanted me to bring a bit more color to mm. it. I think of the travelers, it's a lot more raw yes and. And that's how we come up with the accent and the, the, the characteristics of Johnny Dogs,
0: which and, has been great. Uh, do you know? I uh, speaking of the of buzzes and Peaky Blinders. I mean, the fans are chomping at the bit now to season uh, to season six six coming our way. Um, is yep. there a little? Is there a scrap now, Packy? I won't tell anybody. A little tidbit, a scrap and of information know, of it, what might happen.
1: <laughs> this, is, uh, this is fantastic. This is this is a different uh, a different uh, level altogether. Um, where we have been before with *Peaky Blinders*, and um, I'm just very proud again and honoured to be anywhere near uh, the set of this production. Um, Real. Listen, working with the likes of uh, Killian and mm-hmm. Aldo, the director, now in the last few years has has been an absolute joy. But the last ten years has all led to this, and yeah. this is what's very important. We've done this over ten years, *Peaky Blinders*, and. The world's going to see now what we've been working on. And um, it it was a hard shoot. And, you know, a lot of people are very aware we lost a very good cast member. Of
0: course, the Uh, amazing Helen Macquarie. Yes, absolutely. And uh, obviously shooting around COVID restrictions and everything else must have been a nightmare as well.
1: Yeah, it was very hard. But, um, you know, there's one thing about uh, Killian and Furnace. He is the type of character that leads by example. Mm. And you have somebody like that at the forefront, you, you, you immediately foul. Um, you, you have no other choice because that's the beautiful rhythm of the job. And and you uh, share the moments with him. Look, there's some great scenes this year. Uh, I'm not going to give it all away. <laughs> um, but um, we're in for an absolute special TV series, I can promise you that. And uh, I've just finished some additional recording in the studio. And I've just seen some of it and I'm very very proud of it it's very good
0: Oh fantastic Paki I'm I'm yeah. so excited to see it Okay yeah. Paki this is the portion of the interview that I like to call Sinead Asks Celebrity Silly Questions are you up for this?
1: Yes of course go ahead <laughs> okay, yeah.
0: okay what's in your pockets right now and if you don't say a switchblade I think you'll just be kicked out of Peaky Blinders
1: yeah, I'm not going to make it so let Because I'm on the way to the airport But uh, yeah, I've got my bank cards And my little wallet And uh, some some cash I suppose
0: Okay, luck <laughs> lot going on there in the pockets uh, <laughs> Who's the last person you texted? Uh, Kieran
1: Nolan An actor uh, In uh, Mad About Dog you Oh, know I love
0: that movie <laughs> Fantastic, yeah,
1: yes yeah, 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 I'm just about to meet him shortly for coffee
0: Nice, nice one yeah. uh, Pineapple on a pizza, yes or no? Yeah oh, okay Thank
1: Yeah, you. I'm a Hawaiian, get it in there
0: Okay, we let that one slide
1: Although, <laughs> what I will say is I don't really like pizza too much so oh. Unless we're in New York and we have a margarita okay. But yeah, I'll have a Hawaiian, no problem
0: Okay uh, What song would have you running to the dance floor?
1: Uh, nearly every song, to be honest, after a couple of pounds of Guinness.
0: <laughs> Anything, he's up there, giving it socks.
1: <laughs> get, get up and get the cardio going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who is your celebrity crush?
1: Uh, celebrity crush? Uh, I don't know, maybe Donny DeVito? <laughs> <laughs> i just say something safe in case the wife's listening. Um... <laughs>
0: Oh, my God, I love it. Absolutely brilliant. Um, Besides loved ones, what's the one thing you would rescue from your house if it was on fire? Um, The coffee jar. Listen, I... I
1: mean, listen, obviously I get the kids out and it's all good, but I mean... You know, at the end of the day, if we're standing there, for a couple of hours, probably the flask.
0: You know, yeah. <laughs> so the flask coffee. <laughs> you know. uh, funniest thing a fan has ever said or done to you?
1: Uh, Lee, as in Paki Lee. Yeah, I or thought, or, I, or Johnny Dogs. It doesn't matter. No, no, no. That's that's what I've said. Lee, as in <laughs> Packy Lee, and I'd go, yeah, as in Bond, James Bond, and they'd go, no, I thought you were Chinese. <laughs> So, what? You know?
0: Oh my like, God.
1: What
0: to you? <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. Oh my God. I do um, know what's happened. <laughs> and if yeah. you knew today was your last day on earth, what would you do? I'd spend time
1: with my family.
0: Yeah, it has to be done, doesn't it? It
1: really Yeah, does. you better yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Paki, it has been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Continued success in your career going forward. I've no doubt that this film is going to do extremely well. Very much looking forward to season six of Peaky Blinders. Thank you so so much for taking the time to chat to me today.
1: Brilliant. Thank you very much for having me and hope to see you very soon the One on LMFM.
0: I want to say congratulations to Teresa Giff in Dundalk and also to Jim Keskin in Darver. You are getting our bingo books today. Congratulations to you. Now getting back to our Clint Eastwood competition. I have 40, 40 DVDs featuring Clint Eastwood's most iconic work uh, up for grabs and we've been asking you all morning to send in your Dirty Harry impressions and this one's coming in from Shane Heaney in Drogheda.
1: I'm to ask you some questions do you feel lucky well do you punk I
0: love it I love everyone <laughs> really getting on board with this on 0861800658 hang on till we see if we can find another one for you all the way down here here's one this is oh, oh we played John we played John Fisher hang on a second uh, they're, all, they're all getting mixed in with the bingo ones here's one from Kevin Faulkner
2: you gotta ask yourself one question do I feel lucky well,
0: do you, punk? Absolutely brilliant. Coming in from Kevin Faulkner on 0861800658. Have I got any more for you here? Uh, yes, this is coming in from Sean McCardle in Dundalk.
1: you got kind of to ask yourself, do you feel lucky? Well, do you, punk?
0: Absolutely brilliant! I'm going to announce the winner of that box set very, very shortly. Uh, Just to add to that, Migraine Ireland are holding a free online event specifically target, targeting migraine in teenagers. That's happening this Wednesday, 24th of November at 6 p.m. Brian Lynch, he's a paediatric neurologist from Temple Street Children's Hospital. He's going to speak about migraines in teenagers and how to understand and help them. And during the session, he will ask all you, he, he will answer all. Your your questions sent in prior to him. So for details and to register and all the rest, migraine.ie, that is where you'll find more information. And also we were chatting about this last week, and these guys are phenomenal anytime they take to the stage. But Navin Theatre Group are returning to the stage this week from tomorrow night until Friday. It's a series of one-act plays on life, land, and lockdown. And it's running from Tuesday until Saturday, apologies, Saturday, November 27th at 8 pm. Tickets are available from solstice artcentre.ie and the best to look to them because I know it's been so long since they've been on the stage now thank you so much to the reams of entries that we got in for our Dirty Harry impressions for that Clint Eastwood competition I can say congratulations to Shane Heaney he's in College Rise in Drogheda that DVD box set is winging its way to you and I hope you enjoy it or it will be you know look at it'll be a nice gift for somebody that's a big Clint Eastwood fan in your life as well. Do you know what I mean? Or, you know, if you want me to keep a chain, I can keep it as well. Do you know what I mean? But anyway, we'll get that to you after the show. Thank you to everybody who entered and for your contribution to the show show. as always. I'll leave you in the company of Picture This. Have a great day.